This podcast is a presentation of UCTV.TV, University of California Television. Like what you learn? Help others discover UCTV podcasts by leaving a comment or rating in iTunes. Greetings, Bill Mobley, for Compassion Beyond Borders, a production of the Sanford Institute for Empathy and Compassion. And we're again joined by a very special guest uh, who is going to give us insight into her life and uh, the work that she does. Like our other guests, uh, our, our current guest is very interested in serving other people. Doing so in challenging times like this is even more difficult, but her work brings hope to so many. So with my co-host, Nyla Chowdhury, who's Director of Social Impact and Innovation at UCSD Extension, we're very happy to have you with us. And Nyla, maybe you'll introduce our guest now. Thank you, Dr. Mobley. Today's guest is Evie Evangelo. She's a global influencer. She's the founder and president for Fashion for Development and founder of Annual First Ladies Luncheon, which takes place during UN General Assembly in September in New York each year. In 2015, FOD committed to support 17 UN Sustainable Development Goals and placed significant focus on inclusion, equal opportunity, and raising voices for social responsibility, social change, and social impact for promoting environmental conscious fashion movement, keeping humanity and sustainability at the center. Engaging local and global partners, Evie has built a rare platform to bring first ladies of the world, top designers, global change makers, UN leaders, Nobel laureates, investors and donors under one banner. She's a powerhouse of action and compassion. Hi, Evie. It's such a pleasure to welcome you. Hi, Nyla. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you, Dr. Mobley, as well, for having me today. Um, I'm very honored to be here and to be able to share some of my stories with you that I hope will be inspirational and motivational to others. Um, I wanted to say that I, you know, started Fashion for Development uh, back 10 years ago, and we're the premier global organization that first partnered in cooperation with the Office of the UN Secretary General to bring fashion to the UN. Um, I had a vision and I had a strong belief that fashion has a very loud voice and also is a huge industry economically that could assist um, in many, many ways. Initially, Fashion for Development started as um, a little segment, which I would take my team out and go and interview designers and people within the fashion industry, which at that time was to ask them what they were doing to support the Millennium Development Goals, because at the time it was not the SDGs, it was the MDGs. And um, slowly that little segment got so much attention, received um, so many people getting inspired by it because it not only had um, the social impact in it, but it also had glamour and it had art and it had design, which really made people watch the the little show. Um, Through that though, Shortly after, it actually expanded into not only hosting the annual 
first ladies luncheon during the UNGA, um, but also into various initiatives around the world to create awareness, to create development, to create education um, with so many amazing partners that we have been able to connect with on a global scale. Tell us where you began and what were the what were the things that motivated you in the early phase of your work? Well, I happened to begin my life with a nonprofit um, years ago called New Breed Synergy of the Arts. It was my ambition to bring cultures together and showcase talent from around the globe at Lincoln Center. Um, and that was amazing because it was a way to communicate and to create a better human understanding by showing the beauty of a culture. I was somehow discovered by the United Nations and requested by a deputy secretary general to come to the UN, which ultimately took me to becoming an advisor on diversity is beautiful and dialogue among civilizations during the course um, and the tenure when uh, Secretary General Kofi Annan was there. Um, I then left after about five years because I felt that I could do more in a private sector only because uh, sometimes the, bureauc the bureaucracy of you know, United Nations limits a bit in certain areas. Um, but a few years later, uh, one of the UN ambassadors uh, saw me and asked me to come back in. Um, and my vision was always that fashion and the arts are a strong communications tool that inspire, that motivate, and that really can work wonders um, throughout the world in bringing people together and in bringing messages and compassion to humanity. So um, at that point was when I began this little segment called Fashion for Development, which then within the last 10 years has expanded into all of these different areas globally, which I mean, we're very proud of it. And um, this is actually our celebrating our 10th year this year. So, Evie, let me ask, this is, when one thinks of fashion, one doesn't normally think of the challenges that are now facing people across the globe with respect to this virus. And, and so, I guess my question is, how do you take that really message of inclusivity and that interest in fashion and art and education and make it work effectively in such a difficult time as this? Well, I think that um, the main thing that needs to be done through fashion is awareness because fashion has a very loud voice. And I think through the fashion industry and the various key influencers in the industry, we can get messages across, we can raise funds, um, we can bring stories through um, fashion influencers, as I mentioned before, we can create new collections um, that will relate to what we're dealing with now. And I think psychologically, um, what fashion does is it brings beauty and it brings creativity, which helps 
people get through a certain time. I mean, in even years back, when you think of all the different wars and, you know, entertainment and fashion, I consider not just clothing, but it's a lifestyle. It's the music you listen to, the films you watch, the food you eat. Um, it's, it's what is in fashion, right? So it's not just apparel or accessories. It's your lifestyle. And with that, I think bringing that into the picture lifts spirits and I think helps people um, within, within their own emotional uh, conflicts that they're going through at this time. Very helpful. Nyla, do you have a question? Yes, I do, actually. I've been involved with EV over 10 years, and I've seen her platform has brought in people, movers and shakers of the industry who recruit millions of people who are underserved in different countries for the fashion world. And in a way, the fashion industry is one of the third environmental polluter of the world. And it has been a big responsibility on EV's part to raise this awareness of equal job opportunity, good environment, and then environmental causes, Evie. Would you like to talk a bit about all that? Sure. Um, I think there's several things. One, fashion industry is a huge polluter. We all know that now. Um, I've known it for a long time, and we've been working on it for a long time, but it's recently most come into awareness on a bigger scale in the last couple of years, I think. And um, we have been working on various um, ways, initiatives, technologies that can change and support better production of the supply chain. As a matter of fact, uh, we presented at the World Economic Forum in Davos. And this month on April 29th with one of our partners in Milan, uh, we are releasing a guidebook, a source book, that will be free to download. It will be released in phases for um, fashion industry to um, be able to acquire uh, knowledge and information about how they can produce in a much more sustainable way. Uh, many, many people are involved in doing things like this. But we felt that if we draw it all together in an easy to understand guidebook, because there are a lot of uh, designers and talents and people that are coming into play um, that need this type of education. So for us, it's a way of educating. And I think in many areas, um, what we will provide is not only useful for the apparel and accessories industry, it can be useful for other supply chains as well when we're dealing with um, packaging and uh, freight and shipments and all kinds of um, manufacturing processes, dyeing and toxicity. Um, so that's not just, as I mentioned, in apparel. That could be in many other industries. Um, and through this, the other... The other thing that we want to bring forth, because it is a lifestyle, is the way you eat and your diet. Uh, that has a lot to do with it. Number one, that has a lot to do with you psychologically, emotionally. And there are ways that we can talk to people now and help them during this time of how to have a better diet, which doesn't lift your spirits rather than depresses you. And also 
how the diet that we can recommend certain tips and certain things would help you um, and help the environment at the same time. Very nice. Evie, just to your work with the first ladies would be interesting to hear more about that. Do you have a sense for how the first ladies organization that you interact with, how they're trying to cope with this uh, pandemic? Well, I actually have a few calls um, slated this week and next week with some of them. Um, They're all dealing with, I think, not only the uh, social impact, but economical impacts within their own countries. And uh, for us, I think it's we are planning as a next step um, for our next decade to expand our First Ladies event, which is a three-hour luncheon during the UNGA, to an actual First Ladies General Assembly that will um, come forward and take three days so that First Ladies can take the podium and we can discuss together how all First Ladies can actually um work on things and exchange experiences because there are certain things, for example, I've been approached by first ladies who said, you know, we have a lot of uh, domestic violence. How do we deal with this domestic violence? And I said, well, the first thing obviously is empowering the women, which a lot of people have been working on in the past, including Nyla has done a lot of work on that. We've done a lot of work together. Um, There are many institutions, UN women, But I think the loophole there is educating the men. I think we need to figure out ways where we can get to the male component uh, and figure out how, I mean, bring psychologists and people together that can can work on a way that we can reach them through a manner of educating them of how this, this has to stop and and why it has to stop, because it's basically something that's been brought down generation to generation, and they need to break out of it. So I think we need to work with the guys. That's a very good good suggestion. You know, in the Compassion Institute, we we wonder how to make what we're doing more tangibly relevant and exciting and attractive to men. And sometimes the words have to be different and sometimes the concepts have to be a little different. In the end, it's the same, whether man or woman. In the end, empathy and compassion are absolutely critical for well-being. But uh, we're learning and we're trying to learn how to better approach uh, men uh, in terms of getting them more involved with the activities that we think are going to enhance their own well-being. Well, that's excellent because I think that that's that's a proper direction to follow. And I think one of the reasons that my goal initially was to bring the first ladies together was because I felt that they had more empathy, they had more compassion, but they also had the ear of the head of state. So they would be ways for us to use the first ladies as a link to get to the men. Very, very wise choice. Nyla, any last question from you? No, I actually uh, wanted to remind her of a big compassionate project she was involved in. It was back in 2011 
when because of her platform of First Ladies, we got H&M in Bangladesh to support us with 3,000 acid survivors in Bangladesh. And H&M supported them in a long-term call center and got them back to real mainstream of society. And that was a huge support. And we had partnered with Evie, if you remember, Evie. Yes, that was that was wonderful. If it, it was such so rewarding to be able to help these women um, these acid survivors, it is such a sad situation. Um, and that's just one of the things that we're involved with, which was a great project and program that we did with Nyla. We actually met at a UN conference, right, Nyla? And from there, um, we began to work together since that time. Yeah. Well, we're going to close now, but I just wanted to say to Evie, thank you for bringing forward the importance of fashion. Thanks for helping us understand that fashion brings perspective, lifts spirits, gives hope, and points to so- towards social justice. And in this world, we need all those things very much. So Evie, thank you for being with Nyla and myself, and we wish you very, very well, and we hope you'll stay in touch with us. Thanks again. Thank you so much. I do appreciate having this opportunity to, to bring these points out with you and through your network. Um, the more we do, the more we say, the more people we reach um, is how we will flood humanity with compassion and congratulations for putting this together. I'm sure it's going to help many, many people around the globe that that need it desperately. Thank you, Evie. Thank you. Best wishes. You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.